Chapter 18 Half-Truths Before the Dawn You're distracted. You're obnoxious. Griffin fixed her with a look. I'm sorry, but... She took a step and floated on air. It's easy. It was remarkable how quickly it had become so. Her body no longer trembled as she held it aloft with a touch of wind through the window, no longer needing an early morning storm. She'd never been so aware of herself. Every dip and curve of her limbs, of her weight when she accelerated, of her neck muscles when she stopped too quickly. She'd also never spent so much time thinking about the one that had given her this power. Her mother, the Wind Walker Witch. Swooping over my head isn't exactly flying up a tower. She stepped higher, swinging her arms to push each stride further until she touched the ceiling with flat palms. What did it matter that the Wind Walker was her mother? Should she fall apart in grief suddenly for the events of the past? She'd already grieved the witches, and anyway, Tannis had lived five years before the Guardian killed them. Her mother clearly hadn't cared. All Tannis felt was contentment that she could do this. Taking a deep breath, she leaned forwards. The air held as if she lay on solid ground. Crossing her ankles, she drifted down to Griffin's grumbly face. Inches away, she rested her chin on her hand and smiled. Easy. Tomorrow, they'd attend the winter fair in Allybrook, and tomorrow she'd be gone. Staring into Griffin's eyes, she almost wished he could come too. She still had a lot to learn. Those eyes glowed as he folded his arms. Then pick me up. He looked a little too satisfied for Tannis's liking. You'll be carrying three others up the tower. So? pick me up. She dropped to stand before him, her stomach twinging uncomfortably. She'd only be carrying Kiana tomorrow, but that was one more person than none. She hadn't considered it might be any different to lifting herself. Now she'd worked out the how of windwalking. It felt as natural as breathing. It was fun. Her focus had shifted these last few days. She'd started building a stockpile in her room of silver cupboard handles and fine buttons plucked from the laundry. She'd torn the thread in the pockets of her coat so she could stuff the lining with food from Allybrook. She'd even started daydreaming about what came next. Once Kiana was settled, she could fly back to Celestia. She'd find Lucky, have him beg for forgiveness, and then bring him back with her. She'd check in with Ralph even locate Nan and make sure she was okay. That might help Kiana forgive her. Nightlinger? She jumped. Sorry. Settling herself, she grabbed Griffin's rough hands. He tensed. With a laugh, she peered up at him. I do need to hold on to you somewhere. He grunted, lifting his gaze over her head and wrapping her hands in his. He'd really committed to not touching her. She closed her eyes, 
drawing on the strength of him, the warmth of his magic. She was familiar with it. It settled around her when he was close, but now it filled her senses. She pulled wind through the open window, and laughter bubbled up inside her. The combination of his touch and the feeling of her own power raised the hair on the back of her neck. It was like she owned the wind, like she could do whatever she wanted with it. And she would. Picturing it in her mind, she directed the gusting air beneath them and pushed up. Grinning, she opened her eyes. Her grin faltered. Her feet had lifted, but Griffin's remained fixed to the floor. Landing with a thump, she held his hands tighter. Are you blocking me? Why would I do that? Because you're an ass? It's a wonder I still turn up to train you. Closing her eyes, she mumbled, I'm the highlight of your day and you know it. She didn't wait to hear his sigh, but sank into her power fully, letting it sear her veins. Gasping, pulling harder, her hands slipped from Griffin's to brush up his arms. She stepped close, felt his muscles bunch beneath her palms, and then his hands brushed her elbows. Breathing deeply, sinking into the magic swirling around them, Tannis pushed. Jaw clenched, she opened her eyes. Griffin hadn't moved. Why isn't it working? He stepped away as her stomach churned. Wait. Pulling him back, she stood on tiptoes to wrap her arms around his neck, pressing her cheek against his chest. Tannis. Her name on his lips startled her, and she looked up to find his head angled down. His heart pounded beneath her cheek, and her eyes widened, the churning in her stomach replaced by something almost as unsteady. Shut up and hold me, she commanded. His gaze darkened, then his thick arms curled around her waist. His hands splayed against the small of her back. She sank into him, closing her eyes once more, snug, warm. She drew in a long breath. He smelled of winter air, of wood and earth. For a moment, Tannis forgot what she was doing. Allybrook. Kiana. She had to focus. Dragging on her magic, she focused until sweat beaded her brow. Wind buffeted them, whipping her curls up with his. Is it working? Griffin's breath brushed her ear. No. Growling, Tannis let go and he immediately stepped back. The absence of him left her cold. She placed her hands on her hips and glared. It's not my fault. It just doesn't make any sense, she muttered, running a hand through her hair. And now panic threatened for she hadn't even considered this might be where her plan faltered. Having some trouble. Whipping around, she found Olinga leaning in the doorway, one fair eyebrow arched and mouth curled with amusement. How long have you been there? She barked. He smothered a laugh. A while. I did not want to disturb you. She shot a look at Griffin, but he turned away. Relax, 
said Ollinger, stepping into the room. Her eyes focused on the cup of coffee in his hands, remembering that this routine had become familiar. You will work it out. She appreciated his attempt at reassurance, but neither he nor Griffin understood. Her mind was racing. She wanted to scream, and now he was walking towards her. What if he wanted to spend the afternoon together discussing the mission? She'd have to think of a way to refuse. Nothing mattered now but learning how to carry Griffin before tomorrow. Can we help you with something, Lord Ollinger? Ollinger froze, smile wavering. Tannis looked from him to Griffin, but her fellow bleeder wouldn't meet her gaze, or that of his lord. She'd never heard him speak so sharply to his master. And, by the look of things, neither had Ollinger. Ollinger's expression smoothed quickly. I only wanted to give Lady Nightlinger this. He held out the coffee. But do not worry. I have my duties to attend to, as you do yours. Griffin's eyes were on the floor as he ran a towel through his hair. After shooting him a look, Tannis reached for the coffee, and Ollinger's hand shot out to grasp hers. I believe in you, he said, squeezing her fingers with a smile. Then he flashed a wink and retreated from the room. Tannis watched him go, fingers buzzing. If only he knew. The moment the door closed, she turned to Griffin. What's wrong with you? He shrugged, avoiding her eye. You need to focus. You can't do that with him around. I was plenty focused. She took a sip of coffee, hoping it would help. And it didn't work. Yet. No! She burst, frustration building anew. You don't understand. It should have worked. I could feel the wind doing what I asked. So, think about what you're saying. She stared at him blankly. He sighed. You feel the power in relation to your body. Your muscles strain, your nerves react. He waited for her to catch on, and she rubbed her forehead. I can direct the wind in relation to me because I feel its touch. With you, I can't feel it so I don't know where to tell the wind to go. He nodded, and I'm bigger than you, heavier. The way you spread the wind to lift yourself will be different from how it must be for me. So it's impossible? No, it's a challenge. The more you use your power, the less you'll command the wind in relation to your body, and the more you'll simply command it. Are you telling me that I need to be the wind? I'm saying, if you work your magic like a muscle, it will grow stronger. You need time. She dropped to the floor with a huff, kicking out her legs and finishing the coffee with one gulp. But I don't have time. Then you don't have time. Could you start making sense? He held her gaze for a moment, before his eyes slid to the door. Then he sat too, but not how he'd taken to sitting, at her side tucked against the wall together. He kept that old distance between them. Resting an arm on his knee, he said, If you're not ready for the gala, then you make a choice. You stay with us, and we try again next year. Or you leave. She waited for him to meet her eye, but he didn't. Not that the pang of guilt she felt mattered. She couldn't tell him the truth. 
You make it sound so simple. Isn't it? She barked a laugh, scrubbing a hand over her eyes. Silent, Griffin watched her like he was waiting for an explanation, and Tannis realised she wanted to give him one. Give him something. When she was gone, she wanted him to understand. I can't stay here. Why? She frowned, trying to emulate him in thinking before she spoke. She could feel his eyes on her, patient and steady. She took the plunge. Look, I'm sorry, but I don't believe the witches are in that tower. Maybe if I did, I'd see the value in waiting a year. But the truth is, I need to get Kiana out of the guarded state. Out of Christnos. I can find a way to do that on my own. Griffin's gaze drifted past her. She continued, feeling bolder now he hadn't immediately shut her down. They're dead. They've been dead for fifteen years. Whatever hope people like us have, it's not this. If your lord won't accept that, maybe you need to start thinking beyond your duty to him. Griffin rubbed the back of his neck. Tannis waited for a stronger reaction, but when he looked up at her, it was as if she'd said nothing at all. Was his sense of duty really that strong? Griffin? Is he the only reason you're here? His gaze flickered. What do you mean? I came to protect Kiana. I assume the twins are here to be paid. But you're different. I don't think you're doing this for money. He was quiet for so long that Tannis shook her head, started to stand. When Olinger found me, I was... His voice was tentative, slow. I was lost. He gave me food and shelter first, and then a purpose. I owe him everything. So you'll give him everything? Chasing something that isn't real? He finally met her eye. If that's what he asks. Not long ago, she would have mocked such loyalty. But she'd felt the pull of Lord Ollinger. There was a reason she kept her distance from him. Danced away from his touch. I could never do that. Tannis whispered. So we try again, said Griffin, pushing to his feet. And we keep trying, until you're ready to get this done. Lifting her shirt to wipe sweat from her brow, she puffed out her cheeks. Griffin crossed the space between them, and offered his hand, hauling her to her feet. At his touch, she felt stronger. When he tried to let go, she held on. It helps, she said. Remember? There was an intensity to his gaze she hadn't expected, and her smile froze. Then he stepped close, breaking eye contact, to pull her against him. To help her, he held on tight. This time, she wasn't sure if that was his heart pounding, or her own. Soapy suds splashed Kiana's cheek. Huffing, she swiped them away, trying to focus on the words dancing before her eyes. But Tannis continued to splash mechanically, one hand and then the other thumping into what had to be cold water by now. 
After a cloud of bubbles floated onto her page, Kiana snapped the book shut. Would you stop? Tannis, submerged to her nose in the tub, let her arms drop one more time. Bath water sprayed, but she hardly seemed to notice. Her frown was so deep, Kiana feared it might stick there forever. She'd looked the same ever since she'd slumped into the room over an hour ago. She'd announced the trip to Allybrook, seemed relieved that Kiana already knew, then summoned a servant to draw a bath. The servant wasn't Gwyneth, and Kiana worried about the older woman's health, despite Timothy reassuring her. But Tannis's heavy silence felt more pressing. She'd barely spoken a word after climbing into the bath, and Kiana had been about to ask her what was wrong a hundred times. Each time, she hesitated, listening instead to the plip-plopping of water and the snapping of the fireplace. They were spending more time together than they had in years, but it felt like they were talking less. For Kiana, she couldn't spill her secrets if her mouth was firmly closed. Tomorrow, things would change. When they returned from Allybrook, she'd be ready to tell Tannis the truth. Then they could work together to prepare for the gala, now only a week away. Kiana's stomach flipped at the fort, even as her heart leapt. Now she'd made the decision to speak with Lady Aitana, she felt excited again. She was going to be a part of something important. She was going to walk into the Guardian's palace on Lord Ollinger's arm. Tannis groaned loudly. What's wrong with you? Kiana finally asked, figuring that was safe enough. Her sister sighed, frothing bubbles in the water. Then she pushed herself up. I just ache, that's all. She had spent longer than normal with Griffin today, and she hadn't asked Kiana to join them. From what she'd witnessed in the training room, her sister hadn't made much progress. But Kiana had been so distracted she'd not spared it much thought. Nobody seemed to be panicking. How's the flying going? Well. Drawing her blanket close, Kiana shot her gloomy sister a final look, then reopened her book to find her place again. Since breaking into Lord Ollinger's study, she'd worked diligently reading the books Timothy delivered her. And with less unchaperoned trips, she'd managed to nurse her bad knee back to something close to her normal pain levels. She thought she might even ask Timothy to show her some simple dances in this final week, if she could muster the courage. What are you reading? It's a book on courtly etiquette, said Kiana. You'd love it. Snorting, Tannis submerged herself once more. With a laugh, Kiana propped the book open and read aloud. A lady must be aware of whom stands before her when she curtsies. Her hands must always point away from the individual she is addressing, otherwise she shall offend them. The deepest curtsy, that of the 90-degree angle, is reserved for the Guardian. A 45-degree... Stop! Tannis cried, spraying water everywhere. I can't take any more. Grinning, Kiana tipped her head back. The book was awful. Despite her newfound focus, she still longed for the others. Tannis had turned to stare out the frosted windows into the darkness. She was so distant. 
There had to be something Kiana could say. You know, I've been meaning to thank you. A pause. Then, for what? Kiana took a deep breath. For staying here, though you never wanted to come? For trying. I understand why you're reluctant, but... And then she couldn't help herself. If we can save them... Her sister stood, water falling around her as she grabbed her towel and stepped from the tub. They're dead, Key. Kiana watched her sister stomp to the mirror. Her frown was deeper than ever. Nobody ever saw the bodies, Kiana whispered. Drying herself roughly, Tanis laughed. When the Guardian stormed the palace, she massacred everybody inside. The witches were five against thousands. They're dead. If you're so sure of that, Kiana twisted in her seat, then why bother working with Griffin? Tanis sucked in a breath before snapping her mouth shut and dragging her nightdress over her head. Grabbing a brush, she attacked the tangles of her wet hair. Don't you want to believe it? Her sister toyed with the leather cord of her necklace as she threw it over her head, the moonstone glinting in the low light. I'd love to, but wanting something doesn't make it real. I want father to not be dead. Doesn't change the fact he is. A gasp punched out of Kiana. Softening immediately, Tanis met her eye through the mirror. Key, if they're alive and you save them, you won't just be freeing us. You'll be freeing all of Christnos. Kiana had begun to believe it again. Timothy's confidence, the chance to speak with Lady Aitana, had settled her fears. Perhaps the witches weren't perfect but there was no doubting they'd rid the world of the Guardian in the executions. No doubting bleeders would be able to live freely, that Kiana and so many others could be healed. I've never wanted to free Christnos. I just want to leave Christnos. That's not true, Kiana whispered. Their gazes caught again before Tannis's jaw clenched and her eyes skipped away. Sighing, Kiana returned to her book. There was no point getting into that now. After Allybrook, that was when they'd talk properly, about everything. She couldn't focus as she listened to Tannis pottering around, summoning a servant to drain the tub, gathering her few things to retreat to her cupboard, to escape her sister. When Kiana heard the door open, she didn't look back. Sleep well, Key. It's going to be a long day tomorrow. <laughs>